Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, doing guys. Welcome back to another video. In this one, we're going to be going through all the mid-range guys from hookers and also the middle forwards. So just before we start, I just want to jump into that Maori Indigenous game, Del and I. It was a really, really good spectacle. I absolutely loved the war cries of both teams. I actually hadn't seen the Indigenous one before, so that was really cool. But in terms of their fantasy output in this one, obviously, you know, it was a bit of a strange one in terms of it was raining the whole time. So, you know, stats can, can change quite dramatically in those types of games, but they, you know, both teams tried super hard and, and obviously with a few Simbins in the game, you know, they're really trying. But in terms of points for a lot of guys, you know, very, very easy to see someone get a 60-odd, see someone get a 20 um, and write them off straight away. And I think that's, you know, very much a, a bad strategy to have. It is also, it's good to look at a few things and if, if you see someone absolutely dominated in this game, then, okay, they're, they're expected to get big points, by it, right? But there's some um, instances where, you know, they, they could sneakily get that, that bigger score and that's something that we see with with Cleary a lot we look we look down and he's 40 in 40 minutes and a lot of time he hasn't done too much so we'll um we'll take a look at those types of guys as well but firstly um with our Maori side we just go through a few guys here and if we're looking at that top five I mentioned that it wasn't too many guys to to follow along in this game just because uh they're either priced uh right on what the, on where they should be averaging um or just weren't going to be a good fantasy pickup but our first one to, to mention here is Joseph Tarpane. So 78 from him. He was someone that actually really stood out in this game. The stats is really bad on this uh, website, guys. So we're just going through the points and, and talk a little bit about, you know, what they look like to the eye. But Tarpane obviously should have probably got a, a try as well in there, um, but played awesome. And this is very this is very normal for someone like Tarpane. We will speak about him in the mid, uh, in the mid range um, through, through you know, the rest of this video. But for him, he's someone that has had really big... Uh, stints, you know, three to five games where he'll average just sort of 60 and then he'll go back to like 35 to 40 or he ends up on the bench or something happens with him so he's someone that's never really been fantasy relevant apart from when he first came on the block um, a bunch of years ago. So that's something to think about with Tarpane. A lot of people ask me in the comments straight away, oh how do I get him in? Do I pick him over someone else? Just just be aware that he can have these games because he's super talented. Um, Aaron Clark, solid. Again, we'll speak about him in the mid-rangers. Just his 
his scoring and in the amount of minutes he had is pretty normal to what he's going to get. So, yeah, just a general idea of him. Someone like Britton Nakora, who we'll speak about in the mid-range for the edges, had a really, really good game. And every everything stats-wise was, was absolutely perfect. You know, plenty of tackles, not, not you know, very limited misses, ran the ball really well. And that's something that he can do. But again, he's, he's someone that since his rookie year where he played on an edge um, and everyone had him in their centre position that he didn't uh, he hasn't really kicked on and become an ultimate keeper he's always been in that high mid-range sort of level and I can I can see that keeping a similar level for him Jazz Tavang is always someone that scores really well so that's nothing to really think about there and that's about all from this team and just on the indigenous side I just want to talk about a couple of different guys so we've obviously got the minutes here just remember that not all of them played a full game but heading to the uh, fantasy scoring. Did I go past it? Probably. What shall I say? Oh, yeah. Am I missing something, you guys? <laughs> anyway. Total points. So, yeah. Just gone past it. I was probably watching going, what's he doing? All right. Kennedy didn't score very well. Looks fine. Same with Hamiso. These are guys that. They have very different roles when they're going to be playing in their own team rather than in these types of games. It's you know, silly to, to think about um, them as being you know, completely wiped out of your side just because of you know, one game. Hamiso obviously playing on, an, uh, on a wing rather than playing at fullback. Raymond's really, really similar in every game. Gets another 40, so that's that there. The biggest one I want to talk about here is Nico Hines. So picking up 69, and when if you're watching the game, he didn't do anything spectacular. He just ran the team, you know, Ran his meters, got his bus, got his old offload, kicked in general play, a couple of goals, you know, a goal. Um, just did a few different things there, which is really, really positive signs. If you're looking to pick him up as a keeper in the wing fullback or the halves, a game like this where he picked up 69 and, and didn't really stand out too much, just got the one try assist, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's not there, he, didn't, he wasn't out there scoring tries, setting up everything, making line breaks himself, for example. So this is something that's really important to look out for. Those types of players that can do that, you know, being on the field for 80 minutes and just you know, directing a team around, then that's really, really important. So that's something to, to note going forward. Cotter was solid. That's kind of what we're going to expect, somewhere between that 40 to 45, 50, um, if you're lucky. But this is in a hooking position, so it's hard to tell. Fafita probably won't make the 17, so keep that in mind. Um, Ryan James didn't play too big a minutes, but didn't really stand out. So, again, keep him in mind, but nothing too much to talk about. David Fafita, what a try that was, the under-12s footy. Um, so he's going to be a top gun again, if you like him. No, no worries with uh, slotting him in there. Something like Josh Curran, so he comes in and, and doesn't score too well, right? I guess the 27, but he looked likely. You know, he, Every time he ran the ball, he was running good lines. He was you know, breaking the line a little bit without getting too many tackle breaks, for example. He was just getting a few post-contact meters um, and just looked really, really solid. Like, look, looks like a really top-class um, you know, first grader now. So I think that 27 is, is not something to worry about too much, even though it was, it was a bigger minute. He didn't get a lot of tackles, for example. Um, you know, around the 80 metres. So he's someone that I think is going to be fine going forward. He's going to play big minutes in, uh, for the Warriors. So just just got to follow him, follow along with how he went with his um, concussion. So that's that, guys, with that um, match. And just a general idea of how you should be looking at trials over the next few weeks is uh, going to be very helpful. Okay, let's move to Lockie Croker as our first mid-range guy. So for me, at 561k, I'm not seeing too much value. So he played really well learning his position last year. I think he's going to average pretty much what he's priced at. If you look here, he hasn't got a lot of upside in terms of big games. He's got the random game where he scored a try, so 64 or 55. 
uh, a 52 up a little bit further, and a 64, which is you know pretty normal for a hooker. If they can get 40 tackles and score a try, there's that. But what you need out of him is, is some games where if he does score a try or sets up a couple, that he can pick up 65 to 80. And then those games where he doesn't do as much, there's a few less tackles in it, um, he can get that sort of 40, uh, 40 average. But he's got a bunch of games there. Obviously not at 80 minutes, which gives him a tiny bit of upside. But with how he went last year and how the team went, I can't see him improving too much on that. He's priced at 45. I can see him averaging anywhere between 40 and 45. So that's that for Lockie. Cotter, we've spoken about a little bit already, but for me, he's a hard worker. Needs 60 minutes, and I'm not sure if he's going to get that. Okay, so we're going to need a little bit, hear a little bit more from, from Coach Payton as to if he's going to be getting that 60 minutes. Because if he does, his PPM's high enough that he can get that 50 average. But yeah, we want him to at least be averaging over 45, you know, being priced at 40 currently with a 43 average. But if you look at the, obviously the stats is pretty telling that he has some good work ethic. You know, 60 minutes, 52 tackles, 156 metres last year was pretty cool. Uh, 53 minutes for 44 with 30, 33 tackles and 113 metres. You know, 40 and 41 minutes at lock, which includes three tackle breaks, but two missed tackles. So nothing too outstanding, but just the work ethic's really strong and, you know, we'd be happy with that. But you see like a 38 and 54 minutes doesn't get, doesn't cut the mustard, for example. We need him getting over 60 minutes where he might be able to get a 45 in that scenario. So just something to think about with Cotter. Obviously, dual position, hooker and mid is solid, but other than that, not a perfect option. But again, if you're not going to go gun in the mid in the hooking position, then he might be your guy to plug that role who has a little bit of upside. Think of it as think of it that way. All right, Mitch Kenny, 478k. So with him, he is at the Panthers, obviously sitting behind Appsite Coruscant. What he needs is going to be 80 minutes, and even in that. He made a bit of cash, right? Last year, he got up to the 542 mark before he started going back down in his big minute role. So he's really good at making tackles. Obviously, he misses a few making that many, uh, but doesn't run the ball too much and only had one try assist in that time. So he's someone who is going to do okay without absolutely killing it. I think what you want from Mitch Kenny is just keep an eye out, keep an eye out on him. If Appy goes down and Kenny ends up somewhere in the low 400s, and I think he can make 100 or so K from him and get some good scores, 40 plus. But at this stage, I'd probably be steering clear. Starling, who's 52k cheaper, I think he, yeah, needs to start to be valuable. Basically, like he's going to do, a, he's going to do okay off the bench, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but if Hodgson goes down, then I'd be looking to pick him up. But other than that, it's a little bit of a worry. You know, price at 34. If you look at some of his games, obviously when he plays 70 to 80 minutes, he's got 63, 57, 63, 54, and a random 31 there. He missed seven tackles, but you know we can cop that sometimes. Um, but if you look lower down the, the lower down the list here of, of games, his last b- bunch of games of the season, he came off the interchange bench and and scored fairly well in a 55 minute roll. Right, so he's got a 33, 42, 46, and 48 uh, with a 50 as well, which puts him you know at an average in the in the mid 40s, right? which at a price of 34 gives you 10 points of value. But I suppose the real question is, can he continue that kind of effort? You're looking at the tackle breaks and offload stats. It doesn't really change too much for him. Is he going to be able to increase his attacking output? He's someone that can score a decent try, which we saw in 2020. Got a few there um, through the middle part of the season. So definitely a little bit upside there. But for me, I still think I'm going to look to pick him up if Hodgson goes down, if that makes sense, uh, with an injury. Aaron Clark, okay, chief starting hooker, not a fan of his PPM, and um, yeah, I'll show some examples in a second, and he's probably only going to gain a little bit of value there. Yeah, price of that 33, I think um, I think Starling in, in a, a roll off the bench is probably a better option than Aaron Clark. 
If you look at, obviously, his, his time on the interchange bench isn't too much to think about. We need to look at his starting role. So, you know, we've got a... He's 70 off uh, in 51 minutes, which is an amazing game. He played so good, and that was just off the bench, not in a hooking role, uh, playing a little bit of it, but more through the middle. You get him in a hooking role, 64 minutes for 38, 60 minutes for 43, okay? 57 for, for 24 points, 40 in his 66, and 55 in his 80 minutes. So if you get 80 minutes, you're going to get a plenty of tackles. You only have 50, you have 53 for two misses, which is pretty amazing, right? But he also has games uh, at the end of the year for 67 minutes for 31. So a bunch of games that are under his current uh, break-even, uh, which which shows that you know if you're going to pick up Aaron Clark, he's probably going to end up somewhere between 400 and 500K. You're then going to have to trade him out at some point. Do you even want to start him if he's averaging 35? Like if, if you've got a Harry Grant or a Damian Cook or something like that, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be sitting on your bench, and you might be a third or fourth reserve, doing okay. A six percent ownership, you're not going to miss out too much if he does go amazingly. But I just on track record, I can't pick him up. I don't think he's going to do well enough, unfortunately. All right, so that's the um, that's the hooking mid range. We move on to Jason Tamalolo in our middle forward. So for for him there, you just seem to. I just like an idea of, of of the minutes and and the position. So if he's playing in the front row, I don't think it changes for him. He's not a ball playing guy. Uh, can he get back to anywhere near you know, 2019, also 2020 seasons? What are the min- what are the minutes going to be like? He obviously played a lot less minutes last year. You know, very limited games where he was over 60 minutes. He's got like what three, four uh, in that section there, and then played a game in the second row. But if you look in 2020, for example, a lot of games in that mid 60s to 70 minutes was his standard. He'd have a little breather. Um, either at the, yeah, early in the for early in the second half or at the end of the first half, and that's where you need him to be. That's where he's going to. If he gets that extra ten minutes, he's going to get that extra thirty to fifty run meters, the odd extra tackle break. He's obviously going to lose a few points in the tackle break category as well, with him not being a, a massive offloader of the ball. You know, looking at uh, averaging around one a game there. So for Lolo, he's twenty twenty one average is forty eight. He's priced at fifty. There's already you know one offload being priced back in, for example, uh, at 620k. Is he going to get back to that? I'm not exactly sure. I just feel like there's too many question marks at that you know 50 price point uh, for him to be a really good option at this stage. So I'm going to leave him out on my side, but let me know what you guys are trying to do with Lolo. I think there's some better options that are a little bit more expensive in TPJ and, and these types of guys, which we spoke about in all the guns videos. So if you haven't seen any of them jump back into that and if you aren't following along with all the videos please subscribe so you can uh, you can keep up to all of them there's a few guys that are popping in and, and asking certain things but I, I, they've all been um, said in previous videos so if you can jump in and do that that would be really cool okay Mo Fodawaka for him super solid scorer for a couple of years now I don't really see the upside and I wouldn't say he's exactly a keeper he's going to be a little bit volatile you see at the start of the year last year came in and really killed it even in not even big minutes right especially the first four games, and it has a couple of good ones here in the mid-50s to 60 minutes where you get, uh, get a couple of 50s. He has a random game where he gets a 90, and a 94 and a 70, and then he goes into these 30s and 40s uh, to finish out the year. So really volatile. He's going to have good games at certain points, but somewhere around that 50 average will be him. So not someone I think is a keeper and not really worth bringing into your side, I don't think, especially at this stage. All right, Christian Welch is an interesting one. So for him, we get... More offloads and tackle breaks, which is a big positive. Uh, there's going to be less forwards in the Storm rotation this year. Uh, and if he does play Origin, and I'm not thinking he'll be and end up being a keeper, for example. So 45 average last year. Not someone that averages big minutes, right? You see a bunch of games, pretty much around that, you know, anywhere from 45 to 55 minutes, 50 being around the average. And yeah, if we go to that tackle breaks and offloads section there, 
we've got him as getting sort of one to two tackle breaks a game, but plenty of games where he gets three to five offloads. So, you know, and being fairly accurate in his offloading, you should see around a four to six point net positive on on that. And you see he's already got one one of those offloads already priced in. So maybe four points in uh, in value there. The question will be, does he get close to that 55 minutes average or does he stay at that same minutes average? So if he can get that little bit, you know, five to 10 extra minutes, I think he's going to be definitely well worth it. You might get him at a 53 average rather than a 45, which gives him, you know, sort of 50 to 60 points, uh, sorry, 50 to 70K in in uh, price upgrade from where he is now, but you're probably going to get rid of him um, come origin time anyway. So something to think about uh, if you're looking to save trades and you know, Walsh probably isn't your man, you're going to have to pick, uh, trade him out at some point. But he's pretty consistent in terms of not missing too many games and stuff, which is very helpful. All right, Paddy Carrigan, for me, he's a bit of an issue just for the fact that when he first came into the, ga- um, came into the league in... Uh, was it 2020 was when he got the big minutes yeah so 2020 looking at his lock role and he's playing anywhere from 65 to 80 minutes and that's where his scores are amazing you know he obviously works hard there's a bunch of games of 50 tackles 170 meters he was incredible right he moves to the start of this year uh, in 2021 he got he did get 80 minutes in that first game but they had some issues with matt lodge getting injured for example uh, early in the piece so you know, then from there, he's down around that 55 to 60 minutes. So he's just not going to get... You know, he didn't have the work ethic that he did, I don't think, in 2020. But he didn't. he's obviously going to score anywhere near as well. So I expect him to average somewhere between 45 and 50 if he gets around, if he gets about that 60 minutes. But that's not really going to be worth it for someone who's priced at 47 uh, at this stage. So they're, they're kind of pricing that in a little bit off um, the odd offload that he can provide, but more of the fact that of how he went last year, I think. So that's Paddy. At this stage, I would be steering clear. All right, Tino Fa'asulama La'awi. There we go, my slow version. <laughs> At 583k. I really don't think the captaincy changes much, if I'm honest. People are saying, oh, he's more responsibility. He's going you know, to do really well. He's 21. I can't believe they you know, made him captain um, over someone like Kevin Proctor, unless he's not going to be playing many minutes, unless there's something going on there. That's a really strange one. But Tino is captain. Yes, more responsibility, but will that, you know, will that inject into his play? I don't really think so. He played really big minutes already and, and still didn't score very well, you know. Mid fifties, couple of sixty fives, a seventy minute game there. Plenty going on, and you know you can you know seventy minutes a lot, getting forty six. So they're not really keeper scores. When he scores tries, he can get it. He had one really big game here in round four after a really slow start. I just think he's too volatile. He just hasn't doesn't have that fantasy pedigree in terms of you know he's someone that could easily miss tackles. He's not someone that's going to get forty you know forty tackles a game and 100, 150 meters to get like forty five fifty base. He, he relies on a bit of attacking stats, which he got more of at the Storm. I just think the 10% ownership is really wrong. Should be around the four to five, I think, for Tino. So let me know what you guys think in the comments about Tino. Uh, we'll move on to Tarpanay. He's an interesting one. Obviously, after he did so well the other day, but yeah, they're not vaccinated. He's really, really volatile. Uh, we spoke about him pretty much, but I'll just show you some of the examples, right? So the first game last year, 74 in 42 minutes. He then has 48 in 41, which is really, really, really solid. But the minutes is an issue, right? So, you know, we know he can rack up tackle breaks and offloads and score tries and whatever else he does. But then he got games off the interchange. There was a lot going on in the Raiders last year. I completely understand that. He gets an opportunity to play prop in the back end of the year and has a bunch of good games, right? 71, 41 in 56 minutes is average, but 59 in a 47-minute stint, 56 in a 51. So things have to go right when you're not playing 60 minutes, right, to do really well. Uh, but finish really, really well. And the question is, is he going to get that opportunity again? Is he going to be playing mid-50 minutes? If he does, I think he's he's got some upside for sure. But if you look in previous years, 
he's had similar things like he's played some time on the edge he's split his time in the middle off the interchange and had some solid gains but also some you know high 30s to 40s so Priced at the 579, 46 average. Look, there's probably a tiny bit of upside. Like, you might be able to get him closer to a 50, but it's going to be a roller coaster. So, the 3% ownership, um, yeah, it looks like if, if he doesn't get in fact, if he doesn't get vaccinated, he's going to miss a bunch of the first games anyway. So, I don't think he's someone that you should think about too much at this stage. So, that is that. Okay, Junior Paulo is an interesting one to look at. So, very similar to Welch in the fact that offloads uh, becomes a net positive. And for me, he's never been a keeper as well is, uh, is, is something to consider for Junior. But again, you look at some of these scores. If he scores a try, gets a line break, he's going to do really well like the start of last year. A lot, of people would have, a lot of people definitely picked him up after those two games, which is fair enough. He did score two tries, though. It's going to come back to the, to the norm there. Five offloads in that first game. He then gets 39, 47, 27, 33, 47, 24. If that, if that excites you... By all means, you can pick him up. But to me, that is not exciting at all. And didn't really score over 50 until round 19. Yeah, 56, 60. So he's going to be volatile. I don't, I don't see, like, yes, he's offloads a bit, but it's not. He does tackle bust a bit too. So you might get a little bit of a net positive. Maybe a price of, you know, 47 is what he should be or 48. But, yeah, not enough for it to be um, too big of a deal, I don't think, for, for Junior. So I wouldn't be picking him up. 4% seems about, 3.5% seems about right. Okay, Victor Bra. 45 price stat, 43 average. For me, he just has a little bit of an issue with, obviously, the suspension risk. He has carryover points. He's going to be a great NRL player, as per normal. But that big link man in the Roosters doesn't get you stats for NRL fantasy. Just, just be aware of that. For me, he needs 80 minutes in the uh, middle to be really, really relevant in fantasy. And he won't get that. Like, the odd game he will. Obviously, they had a lot of guys out last year. He'll get somewhere between that 65 to 70 on average, I'd say. Just because he's such an important player in that side, and if he and if he can stay on the park for long periods of time, I think um, he probably has a little bit upside around that forty-seven score. I'd say you know the other random games where he, he had nine minutes here uh, in round nine. I think that's when he got kicked off the field, right? Would have been how many? No, we'll say down there somewhere. No, it was that game there, Broncos. That's right. <laughs> was it four sin bins? No, four penalties and two sin bins. That's right. That was crazy. That was a fun game to watch. Not. Um, but yeah, has has a little bit upside in certain points, but then can have games of 50, you know, this is 2020, but 55 minutes for 24, 53 minutes for 30, 57 minutes for 25, obviously that one there, 46 for 32, 66 for 34. So just very volatile as well. So I wouldn't be stressed too much about picking up someone like Victor. All right, Stefano, biggest thing to talk about is he came off the bench and had lower minutes at the start which is also all obviously priced into his average and his price point right now. You're getting to the end of the season and you get some bigger minutes in the starting side. You know, looking at scores of 62, 44, 56, 65, 53, 43, 68, and 55. So really, really consistent there. And if you can get that, that, that gets him into the 50s and a chance of being a keeper for a guy who is a chance of playing Origin, but you know, you're not, not completely certain. He plays around 13. If he does really well, you can always keep him for the entire year. Owned by 19% of teams. If you don't have him, you might be missing out. If he does end up being the player that we think he is. But he obviously showed glimpses of that last year. And this is what we're looking for in certain guys uh, in this mid-range, is them having some upside, whether it be minutes or whether it be them improving as a player. He's obviously pretty much a second-year player. He played three games in 2020 uh, for a net total of 24 minutes. So, yeah, big upside in terms of... Uh, minutes at this stage which will get his average uh, would get his average up anyway naturally and then if he's up if he has the opportunity to score more tries etc then he's going to be a good player so he's currently in my side 
Um, I definitely would be looking to pick him up if you haven't at this stage. Cool, Jai Arrett, move on to next section. All right, so for me, he needs an 80, a 70 to 80-minute roll. Looks like there's a chance he gets an edge roll. If he gets a big minute roll there, then he can be worth it. He obviously scores pretty solid off the bench, guys, but he's not someone that I'd be looking at if he gets a bench spot. We look at some games here in the second row. He only got 65, 51 minutes, uh, 40 minutes. He then plays a couple at the end. He got 42, 48, and then gets some good scores when he gets some big minutes, 67 minutes, 69, and we pick up a 50 and a 53. So if you think he's, if he ends up getting that spot and it's, you know, there's chat that he's going to play big minutes, then he can be definitely be an option at a price of 44. You can, should be able to get a 52 to 54 from him uh, in, in that position. If he does get on edge, then he might get dual. If he's um if he's if he's uh, sorry if he's named there to start round one, yeah something to think about with Arrow, but not too much um, at this stage. We'll just follow him along over the trials. Okay, Peachy, we need an idea of what minutes he's going to play. If he plays similar to what he did at the Titans, then there's no upside, right? Uh, I just feel like it's way too hard to predict that across the season. He does have the mid and and half jewel, so no centre this time. Which is frustrating because you know for him he's not going to. It can be a keeper in the centers, but he can't be in the mids or the halves. Even with um, you know the type of role he plays, if he got an extra ten minutes, I could see him getting up to like a forty six to forty eight price. He's just really volatile as well. You know some day, some games he does get that fifty to sixty minutes, get eighty minutes one game last year, but he can still get a thirty three in that fifty six. Right? Sometimes he gets way more points in the in the minutes he, he plays, but. Uh, just over the season, you can see some games need to change, lock. Will they do that at the Tigers too? There's every chance that that happens um, across the season. Obviously, they don't have guys like Mo Zimbai or something that could come in and play that middle role. But yeah, I just feel like there's too many question marks with Peach to, to pick him up at this stage. But if you like him, then by all means, go for it. Okay, Dale Finucane is someone that a few people have spoken about as well. So he's the last one we'll, we'll analyse today. You can see here in games in, in big minutes through the middle... He still only can get you know higher to mid thirties, around forty five. Then he's got a game, a couple of games with tries, which he got sixty one and seventy six, which is not going to be normal for him. But you know around that sixty minute lock roll, he's getting thirty eight to you know thirty eight, thirty three, forty seven, right? So he's priced at thirty eight. You can see him somewhere around that forty mark if he gets big minutes. But I just don't see it happening this year for the Sharks. I think they've got too many you know good middle forwards. You've got guys like Jack Williams who are, you know are even fighting for a spot who could play that you know that middle forward role. Uh, I just don't think I see the value. And at 5.4% ownership, I think it's way too high for Fanukin. I expect him to be about a 1% to 2%. Um, if, if that stays at 5.5%, he does start in the middle, uh, whether it be you know, lock or in the front row. Um, I expect that to be down to about 1% to 2% pretty quickly throughout the season. But there you go, guys. That's the, uh, that's the middle forwards and also the hooking mid-range uh, video. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Got a lot out of it. Please hit like, subscribe. I really appreciate it. For anyone who's stuck all the way to the end. Um, and we'll catch you in the next one, guys. Good luck with making your teams. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.